Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Get deeper insights on the news from Inside Sources. The final segment of Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you as always. I am Boyd Matheson. And I want to get to something that I think is an important conversation. It's been such a big news day and news weekend uh, as we come in that I want to spend some time as we close out the day today uh, talking about uh, former President Jimmy Carter. Of course, 39th president of the United States, and Jimmy Carter has begun his final march into the twilight of history. The 98-year-old has returned to his Plains, Georgia home, uh, where he's lived since 1961, <laughs> uh, and he has is on uh, hospice care uh, after a series of, of hospital stays. So President Carter begins the ending of a most extraordinary life uh, with confidence that he's made a difference not just on the world stage as the leader of the free world, but in the lives of countless individuals in what I believe may stand forever as the most meaningful post-American presidency in history. Jimmy Carter was a Sunday school teacher to his core uh, and to the end. He was very familiar with a biblical verse that I believe offers a lot of sound advice for all of us, for each of us, as we attempt to lean into many of the stiff winds of current local, national, and international difficulties. It simply says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Don't cast away your confidence. For several years now, I've been attempting to help readers or listeners or citizens to live with confidence. The pessimists, the cynics, and pundits of doom and gloom out there want us all to believe that all is lost, that America's founding was fatally flawed, that we're not a nation of high ideals or principles, and the notion of a bright future is futile thinking at best. And if you buy into the constant banter of all that negativity, pretty soon you're going to begin to wonder if it's really worth getting out of bed in the morning. Well, Jimmy Carter has been getting up every morning for almost a century with confidence that he could somehow, some way, make a difference for someone today. There are far too many in this country who've lost confidence in themselves, in the inherent goodness of people and communities, in the free market economy, in the institutions of government, and above all, have lost confidence in the greatness of America. It's true that there are still a whole lot of difficult days and trying times ahead of us, individually and collectively. But we simply cannot cast away our confidence. Uh, I've regularly found inspiration uh, from a somewhat unlikely source in the 39th Commander-in-Chief of the United States. President Jimmy Carter was not known for his great oratory, his inspiring words, or his charisma. A peanut farmer, 
He should, however, always be remembered for his model of service and selflessness after his presidency. And I repeat, no modern president has shown better how to live a life of meaning, impact, influence, and significance after holding the highest office in the land. So I want to go back to something that is often overlooked and misunderstood. On July 15, 1979, President Carter delivered a speech to the American people from the Oval Office. Now, most people recall it as an address on inflation and the energy crisis. Eerie similarities to today, actually. And while he did cover those issues, inflation and energy, the most powerful portion of his address was actually about America's crisis of confidence. Listen to this. President Carter began speaking to the American people from the Oval Office, saying, I know, of course, being president, that government actions and legislation can be very important. But after listening to the American people, I have been reminded again that all the legislation in the world can't fix what's wrong with America. So I want to speak to you first tonight about a subject even more serious than energy or inflation. I want to talk to you right now about a fundamental threat to American democracy. Think about that. A subject even more serious than energy or inflation, a fundamental threat to American democracy. President Carter continued, I don't mean our political and civil liberties. They will endure. And I do not refer to the outward strength of America with unmatched economic power and military might. The threat, he said, is nearly invisible in ordinary ways. It is a crisis of confidence. It is a crisis that strikes at the very heart and soul and spirit of our national will. We can see this crisis in the growing doubt about the meaning of our own lives and in the loss of a unity of purpose for our nation. The erosion of our confidence in the future is threatening to destroy the social and the political fabric of America. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Now, the same could be said of our nation today. As I have read and reread President Carter's words, I kept thinking that this speech could and probably should be delivered today. Given the current state of our union, no one would have known that this address was written 44 years ago. Now, President Carter continued, The confidence that we have always had as a people is not simply some romantic dream or a proverb in a dusty book that we just read on the 4th of July. It is the idea which founded our nation and has guided our development as a people. Confidence in the future has supported everything else. Public institutions and private enterprise, our own families, and the very Constitution of the United States. Confidence has defined our course and has served as a link between the generations. We've always believed in something called progress. We've always had a faith that the days of our children would be better than our own. President Carter continued, 
our people are losing that faith, not only in government itself, but in the ability as citizens to serve as the ultimate rulers and shapers of our democracy. As a people, we know our past and we're proud of it. Our progress has been part of the living history of America, even the world. We always believed that we were part of a great movement of humanity itself called democracy, involved in the search for freedom, and that belief has always strengthened us in our purpose. But just as we are losing our confidence in the future, we are also beginning to close the door on our past. Fascinating. Striking at the heart of our country's loss of confidence in both our past and our future, President Carter said this. He said, In a nation that was proud of hard work, strong families, close-knit communities, and our faith in God, too many of us now tend to worship self-indulgence and consumption. Human identity is no longer defined by what one does, but by what one owns. But we've discovered that owning things and consuming things does not satisfy our longing for meaning. We've learned that piling up material goods cannot fill the emptiness of lives which have no confidence or purpose. The 39th president continued, The symptoms of this crisis of the American spirit are all around us. For the first time in the history of our country, a majority of our people believe that the next five years will be worse than the past five. As you know, there is a growing disrespect for government and for churches and for schools, the news media and other institutions. This is not a message of happiness or reassurance, but it is the truth and it is a warning. Now, President Carter concluded this portion of his address by challenging the American people. And he said this 44 years ago. We must face the truth, and then we can change our course. We simply must have faith in each other, faith in our ability to govern ourselves, and faith in the future of this nation. Restoring that faith and that confidence to America is now the most important task we face. It is a true challenge for this generation of Americans. Now, there's so much to unpack and apply from that speech from President Carter. Reflecting on it today, we could ask if President Carter's words were about a crisis of or a cause for confidence in our country. And the answer may be found in what we choose to do next as a nation. President Carter shared a thought from a citizen who told him in a meeting prior to his speech, we've got to stop crying and start sweating. Stop talking and start walking. Stop cursing and start praying. The strength we need will not come from the White House, but from every house in America. President Carter understood that confidence in our country is a cottage industry. American confidence is never arrogance. It's not about chest thumping. It can't be outsourced. It is a quiet, certain, and centered focus in founding principles. So I think as citizens of this country, it's not time for us to cower in the corner. Uh, It's time for us to overcome this crisis of confidence. This is not the time to cast away our confidence. Instead, it's time to draw strength from each other and unite our efforts and energies to make a difference in our communities 
and in our state. I am very thankful for the life and legacy of Jimmy Carter. And I think he was right in 1979 and has proven through his 98 years that there is indeed a cause for confidence in this country. Thank you, Mr. President, for showing what American confidence looks like and acts like. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today on KSL News Radio. As you go out into the world today, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something with confidence to make a difference. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.